On today's episode of Double Down Trent, we've got Tiger Woods as a Masters champion once again. So Aaron and I are going to be talking Masters. We also welcome on a special guest, Lenny, who's going to help put everything in perspective for us. Aaron and I are also going to go over the results of the Man vs. Model Best Golf Movie Challenge to see who took home the crown for that one. And then we're also bringing back our favorite new segment called Crossfire. So stick around for episode 26 of Double Down Trent. Double Down Trent, you might want to tune in. Talking gambling and sports, predicting who might win. Pop culture to movies. Let's start up the combo. Ryan and Aaron, man versus the motto. Keep it authentic and it's always live. So competitive, so you know it's always hype. Make sure you subscribe. Trust you don't want to miss. Going all in here on Double Down Trent. Hey, yeah. Double Down Trent, let's go. This is Double Down Trent. Waited for years. Many doubted we'd ever see it. But here it is. The return to glory. Welcome to Double Down Trent, the podcast where two elementary school buddies are talking sports, gambling, and pop culture. My name is Ryan. I am your co-host, and I'm joined, as always, by my buddy Aaron. Aaron, we got the results back of our best golf movies. How are you feeling? It's not looking good at all. I don't like it one bit. Yeah, you. Uh, I feel like you were very confident going into this one uh, just to have your hopes and dreams shattered. You know, so I had gone with Happy Gilmore, and uh, I really thought that that was going to speak to the spirit of our audience. Fuck no. Didn't even go go there at all. Not even close. So let's give uh, the, the listeners a rundown. So we put it up on social media. We asked the listeners to vote. We had a pretty good turnout. Um, so I am very happy to report that, once again, the man has won the movie's challenge. My pick was Caddyshack, and it won in a landslide. Uh, it gathered up a total of 31 votes. How are you feeling about that, Aaron? I think you're using a Russian troll farm to vote for you on social media, <laughs> I think. Now, out of the privacy of the listeners and the people who voted, I have screenshots. I can sh- I can send them to you. They are real people, but they're not on our website. I just dominated. Look, Caddyshack is the original. It's the GOAT. It's got Bill Murray. It's got Caddyshack. It's just it, – it's got Caddyshack. It is fucking Caddyshack. It's got uh, Chevy Chase. Like, it's just a fucking classic movie. Now, Happy Gilmore – Fantastic movie. Love it. It is near and dear to my heart. Uh, Tin Cup, also near and dear to my heart. So we'll run through this. Um, in second place was Other with 16 votes, which I find very interesting. Like, so that's people really voting for are. the field, the field yeah. of these other golf movies that are out there. Yeah, and we'll finish off the list, and then we'll come back to Other. But Happy Gilmore came in third with 14 votes, and then bringing up the rear was Tin Cup with 13. So – I don't know. What are, you, what are you making of the other category? We were trying to figure it out. You know, you got the Legend of Bagger Vance. You got the greatest game ever played. I mean, did those really get that many votes? 
No, I think someone was just trying to pull one over, and I think those movies are absolute junk, so I have no <laughs> idea what they're voting for with other. Maybe they were thinking Tin Cup was in there. I'm not sure how you set this up, but that to me is like total garbage. Wow, voter fraud? Are you Trump now? What the hell is going on here? <laughs> I mean, come on. It was clearly laid out. You can pick Trump or Trump. God, my brain's fucking fried right now. You can pick Caddyshack or Happy Gilmore. You can pick Tin Cup or other, so it's really pretty self-explanatory here. All right, I'm going to lick my wounds and call this one a loss. Yep, that's right. All right. 2-0 for the man. Fucking love it in the movie challenge. Um, but the the golf movies was in celebration of the Masters. And man, oh man, do we have a lot to talk about. So we actually want to welcome on. We've got a guest joining us today, Mr. Matt Leonard. Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you, sir. It's uh, it's an honor and a pleasure to be, uh, to be on with you fine gentlemen. Now, we really appreciate you coming on. You're playing along with us. Uh, I, I believe you voted for the golf movies, correct? Uh, I did, yeah, and I, I, I side with Aaron. I don't, I don't even know if I've seen any of those other movies. I don't even wow. know what would be in there. So the first three that came to my mind were the three that were listed. So I think you guys nailed that one. Okay, now no pressure here. Do you want to reveal what movie you voted for? Yeah, I can definitely do that. And it was the first one that came to mind. It has to be Caddyshack. My man, my man, pots and pans. Man. <laughs> Well, why is that? What about that movie do you love? Um, I think you guys nailed it. It's rewatchability. It's quotability. Um, You know, it's, it's a classic, you know, it's, it's the movie you think of when you're out on the golf course, when something stupid happens on the golf course, you could relate it back to Caddyshack. It's, you know, there's, there's no, there's no way around it. It's the best. Yeah. It's just great air. You played towards the generational, you know, vote. You really got a little cute with it, Um, but you just, you lost. It's okay, man. You know, I'm shocked that you guys aren't on the golf course thinking about crocodiles eating your hand. That's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, maybe if we played more down in the crocodile region, I would you know think of that. But you know, we're we're more than Caddyshack regions. Is there a story well, that we I, don't know about Aaron that makes that relatable to you? <laughs> I I cannot talk about it here. I will not confirm or deny. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, that's the the movie challenge. But we, uh, Aaron, why don't you introduce this one? We did a uh, a different challenge where we got to pick the golfers. Uh, really interesting results here. So why don't you give us a recap on that one? Yep. So in celebration of the Masters, uh, when we potted last week, we put something out that we were going head to head, and then Matt was nice enough to join us on Twitter and put uh, his selections together. So for Matt, for the Masters uh, golf tournament, it uh, is Thursday through Sunday. What we did is we each picked a U.S. golfer and an international golfer. And what we said we'd do is that we would take their, the score of their rounds for round one through round four. We would average them together, and whichever two golfers uh, scored the lowest would be the winner. So uh, I picked first. I took Ricky Fowler as my U.S. golfer, and I took Francesco Molinari as my international. Ryan had a weak moment, took Jordan Spieth as his U.S. golfer, and uh, Tommy Fleetwood as his international. And then Matt joined us uh, on Twitter, uh, tweeted at us in his two selections. His U.S. golfer was Matt Kuchar, and then he took Rory McIlroy as inter- international. Uh, see, for me, I felt like I was in a good place coming into this. I thought Speed was going to show up, but his his first round, I mean, pretty much eliminated me right out of the competition. He went and shot a fucking 75 on the first day. It was brutal. And I will say that he, he did come back and performed a little bit better in uh, rounds two and three. Um, but yeah, that basically uh, put you from behind. And, uh, you know, I hate to admit it, but you came in last in this one as well. So, yeah. Leonard, I have to ask, 
Are you regretting any of your picks, Lil Kucha or McElroy? Um, no, not at all. Um, when I was listening back to when you guys were doing your preview, you mentioned that, you know, Augusta and the Masters is the type of course that, you know, people who play there well and historically do well every year. So that was kind of why I thought Kucher at 40, 45 to one was, was good money. Cause he's been top five, you know, a handful of times and Rory's the hottest player on the planet. So no, I don't regret it at all. They're good picks. So they're good picks, but you know, I, we landed Good. We land, so I'm just going to give the scores. So everyone was still under par. So everyone, you know, everyone's golfers did show up. And they they shot uh, decently. Um, I ended up right around thir- uh, 69 uh, per round on average. Uh, Ryan, you had 71, and then Leonard ended up right around 70, uh, rounding there. But that's kind of where we where we fell. All under par and all made the cut. So good job there. That's not easy. That that seems like it should be easy, but it's not. Um, I don't, I don't know. I picked Tommy Fleetwood just purely out of like my my personal preference. I just like the way he looks. He played pretty well in uh, in a lot of the other tournaments last year, especially the the British Open. But he he fell short of me too. Um, I do want to say congratulations to the model. You you deserve this. You earned this. You you'll come in fresh off the movie loss, so you bounce back nicely. Uh, Lenny, there was a good first attempt here. Um, I know Cooch was good, but what went the, through your head with picking McElroy, the favorite? Uh, you know, obviously the, the favorite is an easy pick to make. Um, I think, you know, he's been playing really well in a lot of his tournaments leading up to this. You know, there was a lot of pressure on him to get that jacket, to get that grand slam. But, you know, if he was ever going to do it, I felt like this was a good, uh, this is a good, good year to do it. So, but, you know, I could have gone with Rose or I think the last thing I said to you uh, before, before the tournament started was keep an eye on Paul Casey at 25 to one for good value. And, uh, yeah, that would have really not worked for me since he shot 81 on day one. So I'm glad I didn't go that route. That backfired a little bit, but yeah. So good picks. <laughs> uh, we were all kind of circling around the big story, and I, I wanted to pick Tiger. I think I even mentioned he's got a shot, but I, I chickened away. Tiger wins the Masters. It was just one of the most riveting storylines, you know, Unbelievable things to, to watch as the, the day developed. Uh, before we jump into Tiger, though, I do want to say I feel like I was robbed of my beautiful Sunday afternoon kind of like nap and segue into the, the evening. The Masters Sunday, the back nine when it's like 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock at night is so glorious, but they moved it up. It worked out for some people really nicely. Um, I do want to jump into Tiger because it's obviously the huge storyline here. Uh, Lenny, what was your initial takeaways from watching it happen and seeing him win? I mean, it, it's, it's, it's an unreal story. Um, I, you know, before we got down here, you're talking, asking, you know, where does this, where does this line up, you know, in amazing moments in golf history? You know, I think it's, it might be the, it might be the number one. I think it might be one of the you know greatest moments in sports history. It's definitely up there. Um, Eric, Eric, what do you think on that one? I would be stretched to think it's number one. I think there's been some phenomenal moments, even in golf itself with him in the past, but, uh, I mean, I love it. I was rooting for him. I'd love to see him win again, and I'll be rooting for him in the future. I mean, it was truly unbelievable watching this. Like For me, the only thing I can really think of with with Tiger that kind of compared to this was uh, that U.S. Open win when he played against uh, Rocco Mediate, which I think might have been his last major previous to this one. Um, It was just so amazing because he had that domination back then, and I think it came down to Tiger having to make this like 
20 foot kind of bender long putt. And I remember watching it being like, of course he's going to drain this. And he did. Um, but seeing him come up on the back nine, uh, it, it was just unbelievable. So I have one question. Um, I, I don't think I put on here, but uh, I don't know if everyone recalls on 18, he had a two shot lead, hits his tee shot. He's in the fairway. Um, really just needs to either hit a solid shot to lay up or, you know, put it on the green to kind of clinch it. And it sure to me looked like he shanked that second shot and it was like way right. Did anyone else think he shanked it? Lenny, I mean, do you think that that clearly wasn't his plan? Was it? I have no idea what happened there. And, you know, Faldo and Nance never mentioned what the heck happened. All of a sudden his ball comes up, you know, 30 yards short in the rough and it just kind of went along the wayside. You know, Finau had kind of had the same thing happen to him too, but I was surprised that nobody mentioned a word about it. Wasn't that weird? And like, it almost to me felt like he, he got hit with a sudden strike of nerve. Like he, he was a little nervous. Like that shot just didn't look right. And what would have been really interesting is a few, uh, I believe it was the whole previous, the, the group in front of him, uh, Brooks Kepka made a real run at this thing. Um, on 18, he's got a birdie putt that would have put him one shot behind Tiger and really put the pressure on. So this is a hypothetical question. We really can't answer it. But if, if Kepka makes that birdie, and Tiger only has a one-shot lead. Do you think Tiger makes that par putt that he missed uh, on 18? Take it away, Len. I, I think I think uh, he definitely approaches it differently. Um, I think he may. I think the other two guys may finish out ahead of him to give him a little bit more time to look at it. Because uh, I was surprised that I was even surprised he took that that first putt before Molinari and Finau finished. Because you, you figure. You know, if he's going to make it, then, you know, it's over. And I think Kepka actually did that uh, last year in one of his majors was he like tapped in before the other two finished. And it was like there was no celebration. Can you imagine if, you know, Tiger drains that putt to win the Masters and those two still have to finish? Like It would have been chaos. I thought the same thing. I was like, God, this is weird. He's putting right now. <laughs> it would it, it would have been like the last scene in Caddyshack where everyone runs on the green. <laughs> and that is how you bring it full circle, my friend. <laughs> Uh, Aaron, so did you watch any of it, let me ask you, or were you just kind of following along? Um, I only caught highlights here and there. So the one highlight I did catch was Tiger shot on the 16th. I think it's a hearth three. (laughs) He had a phenomenal tee shot. He landed on the green and then let it kind of matriculate down the hill a little bit for, uh, I I don't know. I'm going to guess that it was four feet away. Um, but that was one of the few shots I caught and I thought that was just phenomenal. That was unbelievable watching it. Cause as soon as he hit it, you know, like, Fans who have watched Tiger play, you could tell when he knows he hit a great shot and he kind of had that look and you see it land and you're like, oh my God. And this is why everyone loves the Masters because you know the course so well, you know there's a ridge there. And I believe Justin Thomas holed out there uh, earlier in the day. So you knew if you place it above that hill, it's going to come trickling down. I thought for a hot second that he was going to get a hole in one and that place was going to just explode. Yeah, I mean, you, you could see, you could, you could see, like when it first starts moving, it's it's like you said, you know the course, so it's a slow roll down that hill. We saw it with his chip in in the 05 Masters that you know took forever to you know just sit on the lip as it got to the you know got to the hole, and then you know you you see the two guys Deshambo and and JT hit their holes in one early in the day. So you like you said, you knew that there that thing had a shot. I think my favorite part was when after after the shot went in or it missed. They panned and showed the the shot of Tiger, like willing it back, willing it back, willing it back, and then you see casually in the background the most decorated Olympian in the history of the world, Michael Phelps, doing the same thing. So it's like that's the power of Tiger, man. He pulls out you know some of the most decorated athletes in the world as this fan. So I know, if that had gone in, 
I, I don't even know what would have happened there. It would have been unreal. Um, all right, boys, this is a question that is not listed on our agenda, so I apologize. But do you think Jim Nance is ever going to have a better week in his entire life than he just had? Absolutely not. That is, like, to me, that is Jim Nance at his finest. You know, didn't he get pulled from all the other, a bunch of other sports because of his comments uh, on, you know, for like the NFL on concussions, for example? So I'm not sure how much he's really doing. Uh, Sports-wise, for announcing, did he get pulled from the NFL? I didn't know that. Is that ye- is that yellow journalism? And maybe I'm thinking of someone else, but uh, I'm pretty sure he got pulled off NFL games because he was doing an interview uh, with someone who started really trying to ask tough questions about concussions. But yeah, Jim Dance in the Masters to me is like the highlight of uh, the announcing. No, I think I will correct you here, pal. That that was Bob Costas that got pulled off of there. Nance uh, is still on the NFL. They're both white guys who love being curmudgeon so I don't blame you there. Um, but this was like his literal highlight, coming from the Final Four National Championship to then the Masters and Tiger fucking wins. I mean, he, he might just explode and disappear like some kind of little gnome. <laughs> and the guy's got, the guy's got the best job in the world in March. You know, he, got, he calls, calls March Madness and then calls it Masters. Like, look, it's, what's better than that? It just does not get much better than that. So the major burning question now, Tiger's got 15 majors. We didn't even think he was going to win one more. So do we think he's going to get to 18 or do you think this is it? Lenny, what, what's your take? Uh, it's funny, funny that you bring up whether we thought he was ever going to win a major or not. Cause you know, uh, a, a friend of ours, you know, whether he listens or not, he knows who he is. You know, had, <laughs> we've, we, we've had an ongoing battle for years about whether Tiger would win another major or not. I was in his corner. This this person was not. Um, now that he's back and the d- discussion shifts to chasing Tiger, I don't think so. I don't think he. Ch- I don't think he catches him. You know, since Tiger's last major in '08, and well, gosh, a lot's happened since then. That's putting uh, it nicely. <laughs> I I think the competition has gotten really, really deep, and it's you know whether that's because Tiger was so dominant, you know, in his heyday, that we didn't even think the competition was that good or whether it's actually gotten that good with so many guys who can win majors now. I mean, since, since that in 08, I think like six or seven people have won multiple majors. It just, it doesn't happen as much. So, you know, I don't think, I don't think he'll catch him. I think it's just too tough for him. So. Do you think he wins another one? Um, I'm not going to say no. You know, I think 90% of people would have said he wouldn't have won one again. And here we are talking about how we got won the Masters. Got to believe, Lenny. Got to believe. Well, you know, that being said, you guys see who is the odds on favorite for the PGA in May at Beth Page? I mean, it's got to be Tiger, right? Tiger Woods, eight, eight to one. He's the odds on favorite. Eight to one. Yep. I think Rory's. Yeah, that's, right, that's crazy. I think Rory's right behind him at like 12. No, to be to, to be fair though, you know he's playing in you know there's three more majors this year. Two of them, you know, are courses that he's won at. He's won U.S. Opens at Pebble and Beth Page. So, you know, if you if we think that course familiarity helped him out at Augusta, yeah, you, know, you can make the argument for the other two too. Yeah, and that's why I think he's got a chance to definitely win one more. And, and I've circled Tory Pines. I think a lot of people did that. That was a, a potential for him to come back and win a major at. I'm going to be really curious to see how he follows this up because. To me, what I thought the whole Tiger thing was, um, it, it's almost like a basketball player going through a slump. Like You kind of finally have to see that ball go through the net. And for Tiger, it was almost like finally getting back and winning that major. Maybe it'll spark that old Tiger, and he's just going to go out and be that like super confident, like unstoppable force that he was. So 
I, I don't know. I, I think I agree with you that he's not going to beat Nicholas, but I wouldn't be surprised if we get one more major out of him. Yeah, I, I think I think it all comes to you know his physical you know, abilities. You know, um, before before uh, before Sunday when they interviewed him after Saturday's round, they were asking him how he was going to prepare for you know the nine a.m. starts, and he was saying he was waking up at three forty-five, four o'clock in the morning just to get his back worked out. So you know, if he's got to be putting that much effort in every weekend to you know need five six hours of warm up, how how long can he do it for? So. Yeah, he's not getting any younger. He's already 43 right now, so you got to think that he's got a couple of years left to try to get a couple more. But uh, beyond that, it's going to be downhill. It's going to be downhill. So we'll we'll pay close attention to that. Now, I do want to point out two really crazy Tiger bets that were placed uh, in the gambling world. So the first one's kind of been everywhere. A lot of people may have read about this. Um, a gentleman put down a bet for $85,000 that Tiger was going to win the Masters at 14-1, to 1, and he ended up Coming home with a cool $1.19 million. That's the dream, boys. I would have loved That's- to have had a, I would have had loved to have a live cam on him going down the stretch there. <laughs> God, I can't believe someone would put risk that much money on a single bet. That's crazy. And then this one to me is even more unbelievable. So a guy put down a twenty thousand dollar bet at negative ten thousand odds that Tiger will not win all four majors and if that happens if tiger doesn't do a clean sweep which obviously it's really likely that that's happened that's why the odds are so crazy this guy for risking twenty thousand dollars is going to clear and win 20 fucking dollars how insane is this fucking guy that makes no sense (laughs) what are the do do you know the implied (laughs) probability on this i mean what, what the fuck is this guy doing I have no idea. Um, I don't like that bet at all. I think that's a little sane. So I, minus 10,000, that's like 99% implied probability. So just the return just isn't worth it. I mean, this guy's got to be like a billionaire that just wants to, like, if that's the case and 20 grand is like peanuts to him, what the fuck are you doing risking it for $20? It's got to be for publicity. He's got to be doing it for the attention. Yeah. And, I, yeah. and I, think, I think the entire world is rooting against him now even if you're a tiger fan or not. Right. I hope tiger fucking clears him now. I hope he, I hope this guy has to be on like 60 minutes and be like, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> well, the masters only kind of led in to what I consider to be one of the best TV days that there's been in a long time. So we had Sunday at the masters, which is always good no matter what. But when you add in the fact that tiger wins, you also had NBA playoffs going on. You had NHL playoffs going on. And then Game of Thrones premiered. I mean, for me, that was TV heaven. It doesn't get too much better than that, my friends. Aaron, I, I know you were kind of doing some research on this one. Do you agree with my take that that was one of the best sports, or not even just sports days, just one of the best TV days of all time? Not so fast, my friend. <laughs> oh, he dropped the corso! No. And Lenny, I would love to get your take, but I would argue, and I would like you guys to be my jury on this. I would argue that that is actually not in the top five of best TV days across the year. Are you ready for this? Let's see what you got. Hmm. Okay. So first of all, I don't even need Kentucky Derby and I don't even need to mention the Super Bowl. Okay, so the Kentucky Derby to me probably isn't in the top five. The Super Bowl is probably hovering around up there. You you tell me that when the day the Super Bowl is being played, you're not at a TV 
and watching, that to me is a little crazy. But I, I actually could argue that I think I have other ones that usurp that day. Yeah, give me the usurpers because the the Super Bowl is my is it's a national holiday in my book. It should be everyone should have off of work, school the following Monday. But it's just that one event. This had a lot of everything and a lot of really high stakes things. Yeah, so I have a little bit of everything. So one of them is going to be uh, Major League Baseball's opening day. Recently happened. I would challenge you to even a non-baseball fan. You can't tell me that they don't know that it's opening day and that they are not at least, you know, kind of in the world of knowing that baseball is happening and it's actually getting going. All right. Okay. That, that's one. The other, the next one is going to be the Thursday, Friday of March madness. Mm-hmm. Can't argue that. So, mm. This is an all day affair. Basketball games are going from what? Like 11 AM noon, maybe Eastern time till 10 o'clock at night later. I think it's like, you know, it is, you know, anyone who's anyone is doing a bracket, whether they've watched a lick of basketball. And to me, this is going to be two days that are likely to beat the day that we just went through. Lenny, do you agree? Um, yeah, that I, I didn't even think about that. That's really hard to beat. My wife makes fun of me because I take that Friday off of work just to watch the basketball. So that's, that, that that's hard to beat. I got to hand it to you. you. You brought it right back on me. Cause I also am obsessed with those days. I actually take Thursday and Friday off Lenny. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, those, those days are great. So, okay. I'll give you that. All right. You got the opening of the, of the March madness. So there's one. So I, I don't think opening day beats it. Cause again, it's just, it's a similar, it's like a cousin of the super bowl. You just have the one baseball thing going on. And granted, there's a lot of games, different teams. It's just baseball. I like the variety that we had in this day. Okay. Well, I have three more options then to see if I can push this one <laughs> oh, baby. out. This is why the model right. is the model. And this, w- w- these, these bit offer a kind of a little more variety than what I've been going for. So the first two happen around the same time. We're looking at December 31st and January 1st. Now on both of these days, obviously, you know, your criteria was TV day. All right. So both of these days have big NBA games. They have some huge college football bowl games happening. And then sprinkled throughout all of that, they have NCAA college basketball games also happening. So there's 20 on the 31st, and there might be some somewhere between 5 and 10 that are on the 1st. And on top of all of that, you can't tell me that you're not watching the New Year's Eve celebration and then the New Year's Day parade. I feel like this is a bit of a semantics, but I'm going to allow it. Uh that's a great day. Those are both great days. I'm actually going to lump them into one just because to me, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, it's just one. You got the college playoff for football. Um, it's too early for me to really get into NCAA basketball. Usually I wait until the calendar turns into at the end of January once the Super Bowl is over. That's when I really start getting into college basketball. Good days, but I'm sticking yes for that one. Lenny, what do you got? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to side with you on that one. I, you know, I'm not much into college football, so I can't really weigh in on that. Um, college basketball is definitely too early to to kind of get into it. So um, while I definitely appreciate the model's research, I'm going to have to pass on that one. Okay. Okay. I got one last one for you, and this may be the biggest stretch, but I want you to appreciate the diversity of options here. Okay. I, I think that I think that's a big I think that's a big point in uh, in, in in beating Cavs on this <laughs> yes. one. Yes. So. And can I jump in here? If this is like the season premiere of The Voice, The Bachelor, and like Real Housewives, (laughs) I'm going to be really upset with you. (laughs) Okay. This one is February 24th. 
Do you know what happened on that day? We had the NHL regular season. We had some Major League Baseball spring training games. Always riveting. We had the NBA regular season. We had some soccer. We had some English Premier League. We had some Bundesliga, among others. We had a bunch of college basketball games. We had the AAF football. We had what? the you U.S. Tra- tra- okay, that needs to be disqualified no, instantly. You just dropped the AAF on us. The league fucking folded. Yeah, I'm giving you options. I'm giving you options, man. Okay, you, well, you tell yeah. me. You tell me. You can't find something that you like in this. We had the U.S. Track and Field Championship, <laughs> and oh, we had the WGC. Mexico, the World Golf Championship, Mexico final round of golf. And I didn't even, there's other things like in terms of tennis and stuff. And then on top of all of it, at night, on that Sunday night, we had the Oscars. Tell me you're not entertained. Oh. Okay, the Oscars, you, you got me there. But you, you dropped the AAF. The <laughs> fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> I, think, I think leagues that are in existence is all that qualifies right now. So. Yeah, that's like an instant DQ. I will, I appreciate the research. You went through a lot of depth. You gave me a lot of variety. I'll be honest, some of that kind of piqued my interest. The Oscars particularly, but it just doesn't match this. We had the, the Sunday of the Masters, regardless, is really high up there. So you need, if you're coming at me, you better have some really good stuff. And then on top of that, we've got Game of Thrones, the final season premiering that's been waiting two years. Like just the circumstances involved with that. I think I'm still taking the edge with, with the Masters Sunday, but I will give you eternally the first two days of March Madness. I, I, agree. I, I agree with that. I know being a Game of Thrones fan, being, you know, I'm a golf fan, Masters fan, the fact that they all lined up with Tiger winning, you know, is, you know, incredible. But I'm going to give a point to the model here. It's got to be the first two days of March Madness. It's, it's the best. It's the, be- it's the start of spring. You know the Masters is coming. So it's just the start of it, spring training. It's, and, you know, the start of March Madness is, is like the, the peak of it all. So yeah, I'll, I'll, gi- I'll give the model there. Model's yeah. got you there, Kaz. I agree. No, I, I'm fine with that. I, I didn't even consider that. But in terms of a unique day, I think this is my number two. This was a great day of, of TV watching for me. I think that's fair. Uh, stay tuned. We've got a fun segment coming up here where we're calling Crossfire. What an incredible Cinderella story. This unknown comes out of nowhere to lead the pack. Bad Augusta. He's on his final hole. He's about 455 yards away. He's going to hit about a two iron, I think. Well, he got all of that. The crowd is standing on its feet here at Augusta. The normally reserved Augusta crowd going wild. Okay, for our next segment, for anyone who was not paying attention to our previous episodes, is what we are calling Crossfire. Crossfire, oh, Crossfire, Crossfire, Crossfire. I just love saying it like that. It gives it a little extra pizzazz. <laughs> uh, for anyone who's not aware, Crossfire is a segment where either myself or Aaron just pepper the other person with questions and they have to instantly answer with no knowledge. And we hear the dog again. She says hello. She just has an instinct for when that fucking record button starts. Hey Coco. I'm actually feeling a little bit nervous. So the first time we did this a couple weeks ago, I was the one who's asking the questions and now the tables are turned. The tables have turned. You are now in the crosshair of the crossfire. Are you ready? My friend? I think so. Okay, do you want any kind of breakdown of what I'm going to be asking, any kind of clues, or do we want to go right into it? So just give me a little bit of, like, as an update about what the hell I'm stepping into because I really don't know. Okay, so we've got 10 questions here, six of which 
are hard yes answers. There's not any kind of debates, and four are open ended. Okay. Now I decide before we recorded this. I asked you, do you want me to have a certain topic? Should I just kind of go all out? And you said what? I said you can do whatever you want. Go all out. Going all out. <laughs> so we're gonna I'm, see. How- I'm already regretting that. <laughs> We're going to see how the model does. So here we go. All right. Question number one. NASA recently released an image of a black hole for the first time ever, which confirmed the theory of relativity. Who is credited with discovering this theory? Einstein. That is correct. Mm. Boom. Starts off the round with a winner. How about that, though? That thing is wild. Well, the thing I really like about it is that there was a female scientist, I think she's 29, an MIT grad student who had done a ton of computer science work to actually create that image. Um, so I think it's a super cool story. I would definitely be telling my uh, little ones about it. I felt a little like uh, Will Ferrell doing Harry Carey in uh, SNL there because I was like, hey, that thing is wild, huh? It's like, when you, it's like hey, if the moon was made of spare ribs, would you eat it? It's good interview questions by me. <laughs> All right, one for one. Moving on. Who is Kanye West married to? Oh boy, you're 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 hitting me with pop culture already. Pop culture. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go. You know, I'm semi confident about this one, meaning I'm not very confident. I'm gonna go with a Kardashian. Okay, Kim Car- Kardashian. Kim Kardashian is correct. Yeah, two for two on the model. <laughs> How, how certain were you on that? Kim Kardashian is the only one I know, and I, I'm not sure where I've heard it, but I've definitely heard his name linked with Kardashians, but I, I couldn't even tell you in what context. Okay. All right. That's two for the two for the model. Um, okay. Ready? This I'm feeling one, it right now. This one's pretty easy, and then we're going to start getting a little crazy. Okay. True or false? Russell Westbrook has averaged a triple-double for three straight seasons. True. That is true. So true. I mean, that stat is just unbelievable because for so long, no one since Oscar Robertson had had averaged a triple-double. I don't even know when he did that. I want to assume it was in the early 80s maybe, late 70s. Um, and now we just kind of take it for granted. He did. This, he's done this for three seasons in a row. It's just absolutely unbelievable. Okay, so I will give you that it's impressive and unbelievable and everything. But to me, there's also a bit of stat chasing in there. Like his teammates around him know that if he's close to a rebound, they're actually just going to box out and let him pick it up because they know that he needs he needs all those stats to kind of pad where he's going. So don't get me wrong. He is like a phenomenal player, super aggressive, has a total chip on his shoulder and wants to prove himself every night. But then there's also something a little that's uh, disingenuine to me about trying to trying to go for it night after night. I do see what you're saying there. I, I can buy into that. I, I do think it is impressive. It's still something that we'll likely not see for maybe ever or at best a very long time. But who knows? Hell, he might do it again next year. So uh, good job. Look at the model. Three for three. How are you feeling? I feel like it's going to go downhill from here. We're starting. It's going to get a little <laughs> tricky. I'm not going to lie to you. Okay. The remaining questions, they're, they go from hard, difficult to pretty damn challenging. Okay. Which, which one do you want first? Uh, give me the hard. Hard. Okay. Finish this quote from Happy Gilmore, Uh-oh. the movie that you picked for your favorite <laughs> golf movie. <laughs> they call that bringing it full circle, my friend. Oh, boy. 
This guy spends more time in the sand than blank. Mm. Would you like me to repeat it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> this guy spends more time in the sand than blank. Is it an animal or something? Do you want a clue? Yes. It is not an animal. It is a person. Mm. I'm going to say a lifeguard. Final answer. I'm going to give you partial credit on that. Okay. Okay. The answer is David Hasselhoff from Baywatch, who was a lifeguard. Oh, my God. I I feel like I deserve full credit for that. Are you kidding me? No, not full credit. A lifeguard is just, it's so generic. Like, you can't just say a lifeguard. That's like saying, hey, who's who uh, has the home run record? Like, I don't know, a baseball player? <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving you partial credit. I, I think that was a good job by you. You used a lot of logic like the model should, which makes me feel good about the model. But I'm giving you partial credit. That's a half. I, I will 100% take that half credit. Okay. Now we're, now we're getting hard. Do you want the most challenging one? Or the one I think you might be able to get. Uh, yeah, I, I need one more to pad my confidence. Give me the one that I might be able to get. <laughs> okay. The runner-up on The Bachelor then appears as the star of which show the following season? Uh, the Bachelorette, man. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> okay. We'll take it. We'll take it. So for those counting at home, what are you, five and a half right now? Yeah, something like that. I'm, I'm rocking right now. Okay. Now for the hard one. Okay. This is a two-part question, so I guess I'm a little, it's a little loaded here, but I'm going to give you the first part. How many Fast and Furious movies have been made? Oh, man. There's been a lot. There's been a lot. There's been a lot. You know, some might say think... not. Some might say not enough. <laughs> no, I think there's <laughs> been plenty. You know, um, I don't think it's gotten over 10. I'm going to go with nine. Wow, that is mighty close. The answer is eight. Oh, mighty man. close, mighty close. Uh, I'll read them off for you, and then I'll answer. I'll give you the second part of the question. Okay, it hit started me. with Fast and the Furious. I've then, seen that one. It's a good one. Great one. Just pretty much a ripoff of Point Break, but great movie. <laughs> then my favorite title of all of them: Too Fast, Too Furious, but the number two, not mm. T W O or T O. No, I. I see what you're doing there. Yeah. Then the third one comes Tokyo Drift, kind of the low point in the series. Then just really laziness in terms of the title for the fourth one is called Fast and Furious instead of The Fast and Furious, but okay. Then comes what's arguably the highest peak is Fast Five, followed by Fast and Furious Six, then Furious Seven, and then the last one, The Fate of the Furious. So, okay, so can I... I, I couple of questions on this has vin diesel been in all of them vin diesel was technically in all of them he did not appear in uh tokyo drift minus a small cameo at the very end uh, so he, he was also that- excuse me he was also not in too fast too furious at all wow i'm actually impressed that you know that you're just pulling that right off the cuff <laughs> and it's almost like vin diesel knew that uh, tokyo drift was going to be absolute shit and uh, decided to not be a main star in that one. Yeah, his story is pretty wild because he comes back in for the fourth you know, rendition, and then it just turns into this just massive franchise. So now the second part is, collectively, how much money has these have these movies earned at the box office? I want to know domestically and globally. Oh, man. Do you want me to give you like a, a starting point over under? 
Yeah. So, like, how much does an average movie make? So, an average movie, if it makes a hundred million dollars at the box office uh, domestically, it's considered a, a success. A lot of the Marvel and like you know those kind of movies, they're doing like you know three, four hundred million dollars. Um, Titanic and Avatar, those movies are doing you know maybe closer to seven, eight hundred million dollars. But that's kind of the realm that we're giving you there. Okay, so I'm sure. I bet there were some that did much better domestically and some did much better internationally. So for like Tokyo Drift, I bet that international flick was probably more popular and did better. So I need to give you two numbers, one for the total eight movies, how much they've made domestic and another number for international. Yes. All right. So for domestic, I'm going to go, I'm going to say 600 million. Okay. And then I assume international... I assume it's smaller, so I'm going to go like I'll say 200 million for all eight. Okay, so collectively, you think in total? Yeah, yeah, in total. Okay, so you are way off, my friend. <laughs> oh no, way off. Domestically, eight movies have earned 1.7 billion dollars. Oh my god! Globally, 5.13 billion dollars. My God, people need to stop watching Fast and Furious. And you know what's the crazy part? They're just not going to end. They're going to keep making them. They've announced sequels and sequels and spinoffs. So we're in the fast world, man. All right, so we're moving on to open-ended. I think you did very good there. I'm going to give you – that's like a solid A, maybe an A-. minus. So we got Einstein. We got Kardashian. You nailed the true for Russell Westbrook. I'm giving you a half for David Hasselhoff in the the lifeguard. So that's three and a half. You got the bachelorette. Four and a half. And you did decently. Fast I'll take it. So well done, yep. sir. Time for the open-ended. All right. Since you're the model and you are blessing us with all of this knowledge, you've been winning most of our actual sports competitions, let me ask you, what is the future of machine learning or algorithm-based sports gambling? Oof. I think it's only going to continue to increase in popularity. I think you're seeing a ton of different things come together. Uh, you know, for example, you're seeing these competitions start online. Um, I think some interesting things, uh, you know, for example, one a website called Kaggle, it's a data science competition website where folks can join these competitions, build machine learning models, and then compete against other folks to see who's more accurate. I also think you're seeing some uh, pretty interesting stuff in the, um, I want to say Bitcoin world, but uh, really digital currency world, where you're able to uh, essentially buy digital currency, put bets down on how accurate you think your machine learning model is for whatever scenario, and then earn uh, digital currency based on your uh, based on your results, assuming that they're actually good. So I think we'll only see more and more of that. I think the books will only get smarter and smarter and start using more of that ML stuff that I'm sure they already do today. Um, so yeah, it's just going to continue to increase. Do you think it's going to get harder for the casual fan knowing that Vegas might be kind of relying on this data or, or working with a lot of these really smart, you know, algorithm math based numbers, not that they're not already, but you know, do you think it's going to make it harder? I don't think the average person cares. I think the average, or I'd say the non-average better. So the, the folks who are, you know, pretty smart and are trying to build models will realize that this is only getting harder and harder to be profitable. And you'll see more and more likely to drop out unless there's a change in terms of uh, you know, live betting or something that they can try to quantify and improve and then, build models around. Um, but I think for the average better, I think you only see that increase as the popularity in, in the U S uh, increases as it gets legalized state by state. Um, so I don't think it really matters to them. Okay. 
Good answer. You got three left. If you were the commissioner of a major sports league, how would you integrate sports gambling? Uh, it would be hard. I would want to make sure that the players are immune. I'm not sure how to do that. But I can add, I mean, this was a major concern back in the day, but don't you think the athletes are getting paid enough where they're not going to risk, you know, making a really significant bet on a game by throwing a game? I mean, you think about how much money it would take for them to actually pay off, you know, throwing a game that you'd have to organize the whole team. I feel like it's, you know, they're making enough money where they're not going to want to do that necessarily to throw a game. Yeah. I think throwing a game is different than, you know, some of the prop live betting stuff that you could be able to do. And that would maybe come online in the future and maybe what I'd be working toward as a new commissioner. So I could very much see, you know, some live betting happening. You know, let's think of a baseball game. Um, you know, let's think of uh, Max Scherzer, a Washington national pitcher, is going against Bryce Harper, his old teammate now playing for the Phillies. And I, as a person listening or watching the game, want to bet on that specific outcome, right? So I'm going to bet that Scherzer is able to to get an out here. And, uh, you know, the player should just be immune and maybe either not know that's happening or not incentivized to try to alter his or her behavior, Um so that's probably something that I would want to do as a commissioner, set up a structure like that, try to get some type of income based on allowing that to happen, because um, that'll only help the league in the long term, but you'll still have to protect yourself about it. What do you think from a fan standpoint, though, like setting up kiosks or you know doing things like daily fantasy in the realm? Like, How do you see that affecting how fans interact with the game? I think everything is so mobile now. I, I would want to stay away from investing in any of the infrastructure. So like having a kiosk in a stadium, I'm not sure it would be a go-to because you're forcing people to get up from their seats and go somewhere. I would really invest in like the mobile era, right? So like I'd work on building an app or integrating it into my MLB.com or whatever site or app that I already use and trying to make it as a seamless experience as possible so that you can get people who are already there uh, betting on games and make money from other uh, income opportunities. Okay, Interesting. This one is uh, pretty relevant since we just talked about it. Uh, how many majors will Tiger Woods finish with in his career? Now, he currently has 15. What do you think he's going to finish at? Not 15. He's going to win more. Whoa, give me a number. Jack Nicholas is 18. I'm going to say 17. Whoa, you think he makes a little bit of a run but falls short? Yeah, I don't think he gets the whole way there. So just to be clear, so when we're talking about majors – we're talking about the four majors in the regular men's PGA kind of circuit, correct? Yes, that's correct. So it's the Masters, the U.S. Open, the British Open, and the PGA Championship. Okay. So it's not like he can get on the senior tour and uh, nope. and clean up a little bit. Nope. Yeah. Um, well, I know we'll be talking about this in, in another segment, but I just think rooting for Tiger, especially when he's back and he's been on a huge hiatus from golf uh, you know, with his results, is just probably one of the highlights of sports for me. Um, I think it was just fantastic to see him out there, especially at the masters doing so well and pulling it off. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think he will be winning some more. I do not think he will catch Nicholas, um, but I'll be rooting for it. Okay. And then my last question is also very relevant and pressing considering all that we've done together on this podcast and in certain challenges. Uh, oh. will the model ever beat the man in a movie challenge? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. I like your confidence, but I don't think it's going to happen, my friend. I've, I will admit, I've been really struggling with this pop culture stuff. I have not gotten the result that I've wanted so far, but that doesn't mean it's not going to happen in the future. That's true. That's true. We've got a, a fun baseball movies one coming up, so we're gonna we're gonna have that hopefully out 
sometime soon and during the baseball season. So we'll see how you do with that one, man. Best of luck for that one. But until then, I got the crown. I think this is the one that's going to give me the W. All right. Well, so you're done. Crossfire's finished. How do you feel? Oh, I'm happy to be out of the hot seat, and I cannot wait to put you in the next one. <laughs> I will say you did pretty good, man. So hats off to the model. You survived your first crossfire. You're a stronger, more informed algorithm because of it. Crossfire. Crossfire. All right. Good segment. Baby, look at me. Look at me. Your money. You know what else? You're a big winner tonight. I want to leave. You're a big winner. I'm going to ask you a simple question. I want you to listen to me. Who's the big winner here tonight at the casino? Huh? Mikey, that's who. Mikey's the big winner. Mikey wins.